Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. It's conference time. Yes, it is. If you are listening to this podcast, it's very likely that you already know about the conference of the year. For more information on the Airport Experience Conference, go to conference.airportxnews.com. Here you can register for the show, read up on the agenda, and really even reserve your booth. Do so now. The Airport Experience Conference is March 1 through 4 at the Gaylord Rockies in Denver, Colorado. Well, this is episode 70 of the podcast, and like last year for the month of November, I will be interviewing several small airport businesses in celebration of Small Business Month. And for this episode, I interview Sarah Emberman of Chicago-based S. Levy Foods. So all the folks I speak to have really great stories, and Sarah's is extremely interesting having owned her own bakery business before getting into airports. And to me, this is really an example of the various routes people take and the various skill sets they bring in expanding into our space. It was great getting to know her and really her history. So let's get to the episode. Here is my conversation with Sarah Emberman. So I'm here with Sarah Immerman, the owner of S. Levy Foods. She is a partner of SSP America and is in Phoenix, uh, San Diego, Sacramento, San Francisco, uh, Midway, JFK, and LEX. Uh, Sarah, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Thanks so much for having me today, Ramon. So we are recording this mid-October. I am at home from my work office, and it's beautiful outside here in South Florida. Just curious, what's it like in Chicago? (laughs) Way to rub it in, remote. It's 45 degrees, which, you know, all things considered, it could be worse right now in (laughs) Chicago. Um, But yeah, it's starting to get, winter is finally here. (laughs) <laughs> all right so i won't i won't bring up the the sunshine too much on this interview yeah thank you thank you okay so um i have you on because for the month of november i'm featuring small businesses because uh, if you weren't aware november is small business month and um, mm-hmm. i did this last year and i personally enjoyed hearing about all the stories of small businesses in our industry how they got started uh, their pain points their challenges etc so Naturally, I decided to do it again because I do feel that it's very important to get more small businesses in our space. But also, I'm doing it again um, really to learn from uh, your successes and honestly, as they say, you know, from your failures as well because you learn more from your failures than your successes. So Mm -hmm. uh, we will definitely get into all of that. But Mm-hmm. Getting to know you, I've known about you for many years, and we got to talk a lot more over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Really, really, truly interesting background. So before we get into the airport stuff, let's talk about mm-hmm. where you were prior to airports, because for people listening who might not know you, or maybe for those who mm-hmm. really know you from this industry, uh, they might not know you have a pretty cool story, in my opinion. Thank you. Thanks, Ramon. Yeah, you know, I started my business back in 2004 making chocolate candies out of my mom's kitchen. So I <laughs> I went to Northwestern. And then after that, every summer I worked at a different bakery or different catering kitchen because I always knew like, you know, I want work to be something I enjoy. I loved eating desserts. Then that turned into a love of making desserts. And I kind of love the idea that that can make people happy. You know, putting a smile on people's face through food has always appealed to me and something I've been passionate about. And then after Northwestern, I went to the French pastry school here in Chicago, which is part of the city colleges of Chicago. Right after that, um, you know, started making the chocolate at first, no one was buying it. They're like, come, come talk to me when, you know, you're out of your mom's kitchen. Um, but then finally whole foods let us, you know, launch in all 15 of their stores in the Midwest region. 
And that was kind of our big break, which gave credibility so that when I went back to the other small gourmet grocery stores and stuff like that in Chicago, and we could say, oh, we're in Whole Foods, they're like, all right, let's, you know, let's give this girl a shot. Um, so then eventually opened up a store on Oak Street in Chicago and one inside the Macy's on State Street. We did a ton of wedding cakes. So we would average about 15 wedding cakes per weekend. Yeah, I joke. That's why I have gray hair. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I think our record was 29 wedding cakes in one weekend. And over the holiday season, we would do a big chocolate gift basket business. So, you know, clients, either individuals or companies would send us their lists and we would ship them all out. So I have these pictures of just boxes and boxes and boxes of you know, chocolate gift baskets that we were sending out and we became very good friends with our UPS driver, Keith. I still see him from time to time. Anyway, so, um, you know, a few highlights from the bakery. We had Martha Stewart came and visited us on one Saturday morning. So that was cool. And um, we participated, on, we competed on the Food Network Challenge. So we had to build a three foot tall moving dinosaur cake. I ended up winning the prize, which is good because it pretty much just covered the cost of practicing this cake three times in Chicago. Um, you know, anyway, and then we, I wrote a cookbook, Sweetness, and um, that was back, we just did the second edition a couple of years ago of the cookbook. But um, yeah, so those, then I was kind of transitioned into the airport space when I met the folks from SSP in 2008. And they were looking for women or minority-owned businesses because they had just entered the U.S. market. Um, and then it wasn't until three years later that we partnered for the first time at JFK Terminal 4. And then, funny enough, I met Mark Rickoff from Hudson at your conference. Um, <laughs> gosh, that probably was four years ago. And that led to being a brand partner. And we have a Sarah's Candies now at O'Hare Terminal 2. And then we're opening up one in Midway in the spring. Let me ask you, though, do you still bake? I do. You know, it's different. And the the funny thing about it is I honestly, I bake probably equally as much, if not a little more now, because, you know, when you're a small business owner, what most of what I did was not baking. It's like it all started because I loved baking and making pastries. And then when you're in it, I'm doing, I did all the wedding cake tastings. I delivered all the wedding cakes. I did all the HR things, all the scheduling, all the payroll. Like, so, you know, then going over the details of each wedding cake with our kitchen crew. So like, it's ironic that you think, oh, like everyone's like, you miss baking now that we are solely focused on the airport business. And I'm like, actually, you know, from time to time now, like I come out of my cake retirement um, three times a year for my three kids' birthday cakes. And, you know, I can ever do a pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving and a chocolate chest pie, which is my all-time favorite. So no, you know, I do still bake and I, I kind of can do it now where it's not like, oh my gosh, we have 15 wedding cakes, like hurry, hurry, hurry. It's more enjoyable. Well, it's funny. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned something. Um, and what you were saying just now, you went from basic, basically the the baker, which is probably your passion, mm-hmm. to then transition mm-hmm. to being the business owner. Was that a hard transition yeah. at all for you? You know, honestly, I I I wouldn't say it was hard. I think there, you know, it business owner in general, I think, can be hard. And I think that um, it happened where you know you're just kind of thrown in. Like I. I kind of took things and I'm still learning as I'm going, you know? So I think that I remember the first day, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like the first day we opened the store, right? Um, a customer came in and she, and Grant, remember, like we started at 4.45 in the morning because at that point our kitchen was offsite near Midway Airport and we were downtown. And so 
everyone in the kitchen started at 445 and worked so hard to get the brioche and the croissants and the cupcakes and the cookies and all this stuff. And the first customer walks in and she looks around and she walks up and down and then she goes, you know, I got to be honest, nothing looks good here. And she walked away. And I literally remember it felt like someone like, you know, the, the, just the pain in my stomach. Like it was, I took it so personally, you know? And so I think that what I've learned over the years is to just, you know, you got to have a thick skin and not take things personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was something that did take time to kind of learn. It was really hard because you're like, God, we work so hard. And, you know, you just want people to come in and go, oh, I want this, I want that. And um, it kind of was a rude awakening. <laughs> well, it's funny because there are people who, let's say, start with a passion like you did. Let's say it's baking, mm-hmm. painting, whatever whatever the, the skill is. And they know enough about themselves. You know what? I'm 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 really passionate about this this skill, this thing. Mm-hmm. That's cooking, baking, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just need someone who runs the business. Whereas you kind of like transition mm-hmm. on that side, and now you can kind of come back now and dabble. I guess not dabble, but yeah, go right. Pleasure, it seems right. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think because I think it's important as the, the business owner that you can do everything. You know, you if someone calls in sick, you can get up and make the croissants. If, you know, if your cash cashier is sick, you know, same within the airport business, you can step in. And so I do think it's important. And obviously there's going to be some things I'm better at than others. Like I'm not the best cake decorator. I can get by, but you know, it's, that's not my main thing. So I think that you do though, it's important to learn how to do everything. And having said that, it's also important to find the right people to delegate things to who are the experts. You know, like I have Alexa, who I'm super lucky to have working for me for the last 15 years, starting in my mom's kitchen. She's now our director of operations and she's really good at, you know, I mean, as you know, there's a ton of paperwork as an ACDBE, like, you know, filling out every form. She loves filling out forms. Who knew there was someone (laughs) who liked to fill out forms. I'm like, I don't like filling out forms. So, you know, finding people who compliment you, I think is really important. So now you're, you mentioned it, you, um, connected with SSP, uh, you're in mm-hmm. the airport space. You know, I always mm-hmm. ask this, um, because I, I'm always intrigued by what the answers are. They're usually around the same, but what were your impressions about businesses and airports? Did you even think it was possible, you know, at the time? Right. It, you know, no, it was such a kind of a fortunate thing where I got introduced to them And I didn't know much about how it works. You know, like when you're just a passenger, you think, oh, there's a keel. So keels is operating it. And so it's been such a kind of, it's been a fun and interesting ride and and a lot of education to learn like, oh my gosh, this is how it goes. You know, I think I've been lucky. Um, Pat Murray, my partner at SSP has really been someone who's taught me the airport business. And um, it's such a different set of, you know, kind of challenges that we face in the airport business than in the retail bakery business, the street side. So it's been, um, it's been very cool to learn it. And I love that like in the airport, there's a captive audience, right? So, you know, almost all our guests are in a hurry too. So you have to move fast, <laughs> which kind of, I mean, like everyone's like, I can't move this So it reminds me kind of back in my days when I was plating desserts at Spago one summer in, in Beverly Hills. And there's, there's kind of a rush to that, you know, there's that adrenaline when you're just like going, going, going. And the days go by so fast, you know? Um, and for us, like one of the challenges is just figuring out throughput, you know, so we've used technology and we have self-ordering kiosks, which we think which are helping a lot. Um, there's, a cool app at your gate that started in San Diego, another great small business. Actually, I think you had them on your, yeah, on your show. I did. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And so that 
you know, just figuring out how to use technology to help us. And really, I was shocked. It's been cool to see that we have regulars at the airport, you know. So mm-hmm. like in San Diego, we have this bartender, Wes, and he knows like everyone's names and knows what they want even before they sit down. Um, and I just think the evolution of food in the airports has come so far, even just from when I started in the space, you know, officially, what was that, eight years ago. Um, and I love like you take these street side brands and again, you're educating them like, wait, how do we do this? How do we open in the airport? Who does what? Who's responsible for the build out? Who's responsible for operating? And then you see them ringing the register. And of course, it's probably like two or three years later, but it's really cool to see how it can change a, a small business. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that your gate because I did. Yes, I did have Chris Hartman on, and he mm-hmm. and I chat constantly, and and it's a cool service. Um, but you're right; there are so many advances um, that are just making their way into airports, and there's pro- and I mm-hmm. think a lot of the advances are mostly. I'm gonna. I'm, I, I don't know this, but are probably on the back in the back of the house side. So we don't. Mm-hmm. We as customers probably don't see them as much, but you probably do. But now you're getting more consumer facing advances. Um, that are, you know, just really removing a lot of the friction in travel, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. or self-ordering kiosk apps, uh, services like that, yeah. et cetera. I mean, there's more of them. And now you as a business owner, I mean, you said eight years, even let's say if we shortened it to like five years, so much is mm-hmm. in that window, right? There've been a lot of advances in technology, which have really helped us, you know, with our self-ordering kiosk, it's really convenient for passengers to be able to order themselves and decide, oh, you know, do I want to add avocado? Do I want the large drink? Um, And I think that people have really enjoyed using that and it's helped us as well. A lot of our airports, we have, you know, staffing problems, just finding enough people to, to work. And so when we can use technology to our advantage, it's really helpful. And I think it's the win-win for everyone. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm sure even, I want to say, let's say towards, it's, do you still, you no longer have your baking business, correct? Is that, is that accurate? Right. So I don't have the street side baking business. That's correct. Okay. But, and, and, but even towards the end, when you had your baking business, you probably still mm-hmm. saw on the street side, there were a lot of these advances that you're wow, this isn't like when I first started, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it, it's yeah. equipment or, or apps and whatever else. Yeah. And I mean, I think with us, we were a little bit more traditionally, we had our POS system and like, but we believe it or not, I'm a little embarrassed to say we were still using a fax machine to fax <laughs> our orders every day to our kitchen, um, you know, with, with how many, you know, muffins, et cetera, to bake for the next day. And for some reason, I swear they don't make printers and fax machines like they used to, because I swear every six months it would break and I'd be like, you know, schlepping to get a new one. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I know that now in the airport space, it's one of those things, you know, it's more of a necessity to have to use technology and it's really helpful. Sarah, you realize not to age either one of us, but there's a group of people coming into the workforce now who have no idea what you just said when you said facts. I'm just saying. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know, Rob. You're I, I, so I right. was with my kids. I was with. We were. Uh, we were. Where were we? Uh, we were in an office or somewhere, and I had my children with me, and they're like, "What is that oversized, you know, like telephone with a printer to it?" I'm like, "Oh, that's." Uh, oh. Fishy. <laughs> they're like what? what is they're in the world of tech. Oh, yeah, they're in the world funny. of texting and you know, right. Whatever else. And what is that? I'm like, oh, that's so right. Nice. 
Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> a little embarrassing. Uh, but I'm glad you the good I'm, old days. Yeah, I'm glad you brought a, a little throwback action. Awesome. Yeah. Um thank so, you. so now getting into the airports, um, I'm sure there was mm-hmm. a lot that you had to learn, um, probably on the fly. And even back then, I think maybe let me say, even back then, this and then this is just more a broad observation than anything, you know, we uh, we as an industry, it's it's hard for to like kind of almost wait for people or wait for slow down for people to catch up. You have to really mm-hmm. be in a sprint and and get on the on on the train that's moving because mm-hmm. it's just moving and evolving so fast. And I'm sure it was yeah. similar to what you experienced when you were when you finally uh, you know won that first contract with SSP and all of a sudden had to learn mm-hmm. this thing called airports, <laughs> right? Right, right. Yeah, for sure. I think that you know, the airport space is just constantly evolving. I mean, really, right when we, you know, when I started, it was a lot of the national brands. And now you've seen this transition. And I do give us credit because when they entered the U.S. space, a lot of the national brands already had, you know, exclusives with other primes. And so the idea was, well, how are we going to do this? Let's bring the locals, the best pizza, the best burger, the best coffee. And I think it's, it's been really beneficial to the airport. You know, you fly into a city and then you're, you're, you don't even have to leave the airport and you can get a taste of where you are. Um, and that's really cool. And it's, it's really cool too. Like you look at Matt's Big Breakfast Phoenix, um, which is one of our local brand partners. And, you know, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. At first he was driving to a farm to get the specific bacon. And now you know, we know where we can get it, the same exact bacon, and it's a little bit less expensive. And so, you know, I think that the the brand, the local partners have benefited from the relationship and, and so do we. So No, it, like, like, we all, like we all say, it's the airport's the first and last thing that you see. So um, right. But going back to the learning aspect of things, I, I'm yeah. sure now it's been eight years in, like you said, you know, I'd love for you to share, um, talk about a memorable moment. Maybe just, let's say it's two, you know, yeah. perhaps... Uh, yeah. A fun one and maybe a quasi serious one, you know, that you yeah, know, yeah, memorized. yeah. So, you know, most recently, I think of Alexa, who I mentioned earlier, is our director of operations, who's worked with me 15 years. Um, she was in Phoenix, Sky Harbor Airport, and there was a woman who ordered food and she knew she was in a hurry and she happened to be on the same flight as Alexa. She ended up being really upset because her food wasn't ready before she had felt like she had to leave to catch her flight. And so Alexa, you know, she was on the same flight. So she waited a few more minutes because I feel like when you're in the industry, you know, like, I don't worry about getting when I travel. My husband, he's like, what do you mean? We need to be at the gate now. I'm like, oh, I got 20 minutes. Right. So anyway, she was like, so she waited and she got her food and then she went to the last row of the plane to give it to her. And the woman was so happy. You know, and so it really like I think in any business, with the, whether it's the bakery or the airport business, I feel like everyone's always going to make mistakes, but it's how you recover from them. Sure. Um, I remember, and this is a story that took me many years to be able to even talk about. We had a wedding cake explode on us, and ultimately what? we remade it. Yeah, it was it was traumatic, uh, <laughs> but we we remade it, and the bride never even knew, and she loved her cake so much. She came into my shop like a couple weeks later gave me a big hug to tell me how much she loved it. I mean, it was probably the freshest wedding cake ever made, like hours, you know, before being consumed. Um, But I think, you know, you just, everyone's going to make mistakes. And I always say like, be the duck in the water where it looks like you're just, you know, gliding along, but underneath, you know, your feet, you're paddling, paddling, paddling and working really hard. So I would say that that was kind of one of the more serious 
examples of a, a moment. Um, and then something that's always really fun every year around Thanksgiving time, we do a turkey giveaway near our commissary in Midway. And um, I mean, you should see the smiles on these people's faces. These people's faces. They come in and sometimes they'll ask, you know, oh, can I get it? My neighbor wants the turkey too. They'll take two and they're drinking their donuts and coffee we're giving away. So that's always a lot of fun. We play games and I mean, it's always freezing. Don't get me wrong, but um, we always have a lot of fun and the neighbors love it. So I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm really focusing on a lot, it seems, on the two sides, the duality of your career, right? You had yeah. pre-airports, post-airports. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to kind of contrast your airport business with your bakery business. Talk about um, how they're similar, how they're different. Did uh-huh. you carry anything from your bakery business, uh, you know, from a business standpoint or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, over into the airport side, or maybe none of it was applicable. Definitely. There's so much carryover because ultimately I feel like it's about the people, you know, it's the people that you're working with and trying to create a culture where people are happy to come to work and therefore will want to do a, you know, a good job and work hard. Um, it's about customer service ultimately in both industries, whether it's street side or in the airport, there definitely are, you know, a, a, a specific set of challenges when it comes to the airport business. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, everyone's in a hurry. So, you know, on on Oak Street, especially, um, there were a lot of people who were in a hurry to get to work, but I think it's a different kind of hurry when you're trying to catch a plane. Um, So that's a challenge. Um, But on the weekends, we would see on our street side store that people were more relaxed. And so, which, you know, we don't get that. It doesn't matter what day of the week at the airport. I think also in the airport space, an adjustment for me is this idea that, you know, if you have an idea that you want to do, you have to get approvals, right, from the airport, et cetera. Um, Whereas in the bakery business, we'd have an idea and the next day we'll try it out. If it fails, it fails, but at least we know, you know, okay. So that definitely a little bit takes a little more time um, and paperwork to do that type of stuff. I think in the airport space, getting team members, it's been harder to staff because, you know, there's the badging process, right? So someone who wants a job, well, let's say it takes two weeks just to go through the badging process. And then they're like, wait, I got to, I got to start earning a paycheck sooner. Um, public transportation in some airports, the first, you know, train arrives after the shift starts. So it's like, how do I get to work? And then of course, that whole time of getting to the airport, getting through security, you can't pay, you know, you're not paying your team members for that time. So that definitely, um, to be challenging. And then the security precautions, which are super important, you know, that takes extra time out of our day of production and and serving our guests. So like we have to log our knives, right? Three times a day to make sure that those are, you know, all accounted for and things like that. So it is, there are some differences, but I think that everything that I learned from a business perspective and customer service perspective does translate over to the airport. There's just like a whole new slew of of challenges and things to, to work through. Was there a lot of, dare I say, frustration maybe? Because uh, like you said, on the street side, you're able to, you try something, it works great. If not, then you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. most from the speed of things that can move, because you could try something, implement yeah. it, and move forward. And yeah. whereas, versus, as opposed to here in, in, in airports, was there a frustration you're in the beginning? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, yeah, definitely. I think that there's, it can be frustrating when you're like, okay, I know this is a great idea. And then it just, just takes more time than you'd like. But I do think that as times move forward, um, 
there is more of this sense of partnership with airports. And that's really the way it should be. You know, it shouldn't be like a landlord and a tenant. It's it's a partnership. And so I think over time, it's been nice to see that evolve into that relationship. We're really lucky to have a lot of great, nice people to work with at the airport. And, you know, everyone's just doing their job and, and needing to make sure that we go through the right steps to make sure that we can all be successful. Excellent. So my next question to you, it kind of has two sides to it. And I've asked this question before. Mm-hmm. I, I was speaking with Aaron Humphreys of Enroute Spa, who I believe I connected you with because I think you two, yeah. Would, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you two would really get along from a personal and a business standpoint, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, she introduced me to the title of mompreneur. So uh, uh-huh. I would love you to share what it's like to be a business owner and juggling, you know, family life. Um, but also mm-hmm. the other side of it is, Almost, I want to say the responsibility of being a model for your children. You have two daughters, as you said. Mm-hmm. Now, what is? Mm-hmm. Do you feel the you know, great, not a great weight, but maybe like a responsibility to model for your children? Yeah. So I, well, first off, you know, my business, I used to always call it like my baby. I mean, it was my firstborn, right? And um, <laughs> I started it from nothing, <laughs> making chocolate out of my mom's kitchen. And so I, I'll never forget the first time that I really felt like I had to juggle um, so I was supposed to travel for a meeting, but my doctor just told me not to travel because I had a high risk twin pregnancy. Uh-huh. And luckily I didn't, my twins were born two months early and luckily I was home because they got great care for 21 and 23 days in the NICU. And so, you know, I trust my instincts and I know when I have to put work first and when my family has to come first. Now, of course that comes with a large spoonful of guilt, no matter which I choose. I don't think there's ever that you're, there's a book around for that, unfortunately. No. Um, you know, but, but I'm really lucky to have a husband who's a true partner and, and who understands it's a joint responsibility and a great nanny and family support. Like I live near my mom and my siblings. So, I mean, it truly does take a village as you know, raising kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of being a role model, I have two daughters and a son. And I think just like, showing by example, you know, they know, um, that I work hard and, and making that normal that, you know, you're a mom and I take care of you and I have to take care of my business. Right. I travel. Um, and I think that that's all we can really do is just lead by example and, and hope that we're teaching them, you know, about hard work, kindness, and that you, you know, you can do anything that you want. I mean, that's at least the message right now when they're, you know, four and, and so, um, yeah, I think that would be the major, major points. Did you have role models of your own that, to, to model yourself after and business on your parents, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad's an entrepreneur. He started his business from nothing. Um, now he works, uh, for master Landry's He runs master steakhouse, but he started in the restaurant industry. He started in the insurance industry, and then you know, he grew up sharing a bed with his with his aunt in a small little uh, two bedroom apartment with him and his brother, and moved to Chicago from St. Louis and started it out of nothing. And so I think that entrepreneurial mindset has always been modeled for me. Um, and my mom, you know, was a stay at home mom to five kids, which you know I think is like the hardest job in the world. So um, they're both have been great role models for me for sure. So Sarah, one last question for you and mm-hmm. um, love for you to share, um, just looking at, at, you know, for maybe 30,000 feet and up in the air, you know, just looking mm-hmm. at the industry and assessing how it is for small businesses. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously getting really, really tough out there. And that's just from our viewpoint. Um, but definitely, right. what do you see going forward for the industry? Is it conducive for small businesses? And maybe like talking about, 
what you see for SLV Foods in the future? So I think, you know, there's definitely a lot of challenges that small businesses face in this industry. I know for me, funding was one of the biggest challenges that I faced. I think now we've kind of come a long way and there's more people who understand the space. But I remember when I first entered the airport space and was trying to get funding and, you know, banks looked at me like I was crazy because by definition, if you are ACDB certified, there's a lack of collateral to secure a loan. Um, And the contract itself is really the only collateral. So luckily I ended up with great financial partners, but I think it's a lot of educating the people who, you know, you're partnering with on the space. Um, I think AMAC is really a great organization. I joined, I've been a member for five years, but I've been um, on the membership committee about the last year. And, you know, you're just talking and, and working with other small business owners who are facing similar challenges and so they're, and they're also working behind the scenes to make sure that the ACDB program continues to exist, which is something, you know, we can't take for granted. Um, so I just, I like supporting, you know, fellow ACDBs. And to your point earlier, I think it can be intimidating for a new, for new small businesses to enter the space. And it's important for all of us who are already have, you know, in the airport and have business in the airport to encourage fresh, fresh blood, because that's how innovation happens. And, you know, I think, Instead of being competitive, we need to be more collaborative. And having mentors, that's something that's definitely been helpful for me. Um, I went to the French Pastry School, as I mentioned, and Chef Jackie is the owner of that school and one of the owners. And he's kind of on the pastry side, always been my mentor. And I mentioned already, you know, Pat Murray from SSP. and, And so I think it's really important to kind of find someone who you trust and whose opinion you trust and who can kind of um, mentor you, you know, and, and having a thick skin, as I mentioned earlier, something as a small business owner, I think is so important. And also I will say your podcast, like I've loved <laughs> listening to Thank other you. small business owner stories really, because it's such a unique set of challenges in this space. And like, where else are you going to go to like hear all about it? Um, so for us, I think that we, you know, we can cont- want to continue to grow and, um, meet with the best local brands. I think that's one of the fun parts of my job is kind of going in and, and you know, hearing about or researching, going, oh, I heard this spot has the best pizza and then meeting with them and, and working with the owners to say, okay, here's why this is a good idea. And then re- eventually seeing it come to fruition. It's, it's very fulfilling. So just continuing to grow in that respect. So if, you know, eight years later now, would you tell your eight year younger self, like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just stick with it, basically. <laughs> Yes, yes, I would. I mean, everyone, there's always ups and downs, right? But I think that definitely, I think I would tell myself it's going to be okay for sure. Excellent. Well, Sarah, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you so much for having me. 